Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. It is a Friday afternoon. It is a beautiful Friday afternoon. It is. The White Sox just beat the Seattle Mariners in their home opener. 10 to 8. But before you listeners uh, turn it off, we are going to talk about other things. Yes, so yes. That's the only know. Sox drop we'll have so far. But just <laughs> know that they won, and Yoan Moncada might be the best hitter in the MLB. Anyway, I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. Joining alongside me is Marshall Magaluso. And here, we'll give you this week's rundown of the top leagues, who's hot, who's not, and our hot topics of the week. Mitch, let's get right into it. One of the sad... Sad news coming from this week is the AAF has suspended all football operations and is likely going to fold. Oh. This is coming. <laughs> I know. It's very sad. My Apollos. I, think, I know. The Apollos the, from Orlando. The Commanders. The Commanders. Mike Riley will be once again without a job. Yeah, well, fitting. Um, although they were saying off topic that uh, betters that bet on the Apollos to win because I think they're going to name them the league winner. Um, so they're going to get their money for it so because they have the best record at 7-1. to one. Anyway, though, this all came in the wake when the NFL announced that they would not be allowing the NFL players to be playing in the AAF and, like, split time is like a feeder league, and that was what the AAF was banking on. And I think this is a really poor decision from the NFL, and this is why the AAF wasn't going to work. And, look, we all knew that the AAF had an uphill battle. The quarterback play was not good. It needed good quarterback play to draw on viewers. Very true. But overall, the talent in the league was not that bad. There's nothing to go from up, and it was like the first. It was the first year. I thought it was a very interesting concept, and most importantly, spring football I think will work. I think the XFL has a shot to work. I think one of these one of these spring football leagues will eventually work. Um, the U, uh, USFL had a really good shot of working until Donald Trump kind of screwed up the whole thing and sued the NFL. In yeah, a lawsuit, rough. they actually won, but they only got a dollar because of all the league fees. Uh, they almost bankrupted it, but. Um, yeah, and I think with the AF here, the NFL missed a really good opportunity. Because if you look in Spain, Real Madrid, what do they talk about year-round? They're soccer. talking about soccer. Soccer. Year-round. All the time. Football. Even in the off-season. You turn on all these shows, they're talking about the combine. Yep. They're talking about the draft coming up. They talk football year-round. Now, this time of year is like the time that baseball and the NBA is finally getting interesting. The NHL playoffs are getting interesting. Major League Baseball, everyone's really into because it's just starting. But this is an opportunity with the AAF for a league, especially when it started in February where there's not a whole lot going on, for football to keep the conversation and keep it on football year-round. This would be very good for their brand if it was a feeder league where they had guys coming in and out and there would be a rooting interest because it would be like a minor league football, which yeah. like a lot of teams like, like for minor league hockey. Love watching the Chicago Wolves because you can see players coming like from the future. Jordan Bennington, who's been the rookie of the month two months in a row now for the uh, St. Louis Blues. I remember watching him play with the Chicago Wolves, and he was fantastic down there. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to be one of the future goalies. And sure enough, he is. He's been, he's been fantastic. And the NFL, I think, really missed a big opportunity here to have something good with the AAF, and they just kind of let it slip away. And it's it's unfortunate because I think this is an opportunity lost to have the conversation on football year-round and have a really good feeder and developmental league where you can develop some talent. And we already saw a couple guys from the AAF are signed NFL contracts because there was talent in that league, and I think, I think the NFL really missed the boat on that one. Well, we'll certainly be talking about that. Well, I'll have some things to say later on when we get into the nitty-gritty of the AAF folding. But in the meantime, we have the biggest news of the week. You all were waiting for it. I know I was waiting for it. The New York Jets have unveiled their new uniforms. And, uh... Yeah. They're, they're, uh... Not, I don't really know. They're not bad. They look say. like an AAF uniform. Exactly. Like, you're you're a little late on the party. Because it's just, like, just green, white, black. There's no, like, design. There's nothing special about it. It's just flat color... And that's kind of it. When I first saw these, I hated them because I yeah. thought their classic look was kind of cool. I did like the green, like the white stripe on the shoulder. It yeah. was gr- the more I looked at them, especially the green one with the white pants that you saw Sam Darnold wearing. Yeah, those kind of grew on me. The green and green wasn't awful. The one I hated was this alternate black one, and you see yeah. teams all the time trying to do this with these like alternate black ones, and that one really missed the boat. I think that one yeah. looks hideous. And I, I think when it comes to uniforms, like you kind of have to have like a third color. That you can kind of, because there's obviously your main color, green, away color, white, and then you kind of want to have like something cool that you can wear like once a year, 
But, like, and I understand, like, all black. People like the all black. But, like, I don't know. One thing I love about the Broncos is they have, like, home orange, away white. But then they have, like, the blues. Where but that's part of their colors. Like, yeah, but I, that's what I'm saying where I wish it was, like, I don't know, just something special just because black. Or, hey, at least, at least... They didn't go like a matte gray because I hate matte gray. Yeah, the logo did get updated. I, I did and like I do the new like helmet. that because I, I knew it looks kind of nice. It looks more like a football for starters on the outline of like the whole where the Jets is in it, and then the New York and the old logo. It was just an NY kind of in the background, and now it spells out yes, New York Jets. Jets. The football yeah, like looks that. better in the actual logo, and like the whole oval around it is shaped more like a football. So I do think that was better. I don't know the whole. If you look closely in the details, you can see on the sleeve, actually, it's very interesting. They have in parentheses 4 and 12, which is what they're going to go next yes. year. Some um, of those guys they had modeling, too, like Quincy Numois. Boy, he looks skinny in that jersey. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the he's there, buddy. Than me, but, like, yeah, we might need to hit the gym there yeah, for an exactly. NFL wide receiver. Did Le'Veon Bell do it? Did the shoot? No. Oh, that's unfortunate. He's too busy dropping a rap album. <laughs> oh, speaking of yeah, you see, yeah, yeah that, that should be, we totally forgot, but that should be my nod. The, the, the Le'Veon Bell rap song was, it, it was atrocious. He had that weird, and the music video was even worse. He had this, like, weird white guy in the background that was, like, kind of like a hype man, but not really. He was, like, yeah. half-ass dancing in the back. Like, he wasn't, he didn't even look like he was that into the song. Yeah. And then he put out on his, like, Twitter, he's like, hey, fire or no? And I think. Yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, receiver for the Lions. It was, like. Like Golden Tate or someone like that, um, was be like, bro. Like, I think it was Mike Williams. It might. It was. I know. I'm pretty sure it was receiver. But he goes like, no, no, no cap. Like on, on the bar. Like this is not good. And then I know one of the Broncos corners, Brandon Langley, was like, glad someone said it. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was a very rough situation. Very interesting situation where uh, poor Le'Veon. But we digress. Um, that was more of a joking thing because not much to talk about NFL, NBA, NBA Weekly. Yes. Uh, we were trying to look for the biggest games, but there was only only one. But it was a very good indicator. So the Bucks beat the 76ers, 128 to 122. Giannis Giannis scored 45 points. Eric Bledsoe was ejected from the game for throwing a basketball at Joel Embiid. So that was one, that was a little that was fun to watch, but uh, very good game, and it, it kind of shows like who. Because it's kind of a lot of people are assuming that these two teams, because the Raptors and Celtics have struggled a little bit, uh, haven't looked that great at times. These two teams are going to be the the contenders for the championship. I hope this turns into a rivalry because yeah. back in the NBA, that's what made the NBA great. The Lakers Magic rivalry saved the NBA. Yeah, yeah. these iconic moments like Kurt Rambis clo- uh, getting clotheslined uh, by Kevin McHale, and like honestly, today's NBA. Like, back then it was a common foul, where in today's NBA, they would have had Kevin McHale arrested for it. He, like, it was like a WWE move. But, and then yeah. the bad boy Pistons in the Celtics was a great rivalry, and then the Pistons-Bulls was a great rivalry. They always yeah. had those fights on the court. Like, that that's great rivalries made the NBA, like, it, it made it cool. Uh, yeah, made it great. That's what helped make this league great. And yeah. I think today, like, there really isn't a good one. Like, yeah. we had the Warriors, we had, yeah, the, the Cavaliers... But like, I think the closest one we had was like, and it's a shame because there was well last year, Celtics versus the Sixers was like it was really fiery, but uh, one team got swept. It's kind of like yeah, it was so kind of like, the same thing was, with the Warriors. Like, I mean, there's no, ju- I mean, for the one they had the one decent series in Game Seven, and really Game Seven was good, but like there's no fire in it yeah, anymore. And I mean, there was like, you know, Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant, but that was the best like what four to five game series you'll ever see. So it's like, and it, it, there's they're no not, competition. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, they're players that clearly hate each other. But like, no, it's, yeah, it's very top-heavy. He- yeah. I mean, it was top-heavy then, too, but there was more teams, like, competing. We're like, now it's, like, kind of like, you know the Warriors are going to win, and you know kind of, like, the three teams coming out of the East that are, like, the best ones. So I'm hoping this Bucks, because, like, that the whole, that was interesting. Yeah, you want some Watching personality in the, the, balls in, the, at each in, the other. in the in the rivalries. And Beads was saying no one can stop him, and then yeah. Giannis before the game was like, well, he's the only one that says that. I've never heard another NBA player say that. So there's, like, there's some juice going on there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and Bede tried to junk out. Dunk on them and uh, Giannis, yeah, Giannis stopped them, yeah. stuffed them, and then they're throwing the base, uh, the basketballs at each other. So it's like there's some juice there. I hope this can develop into a rivalry because the NBA needs some. They need, yeah, they need some, some, some. But yeah, that that was that that was that was an entertaining game. I'll tell you that it was. Um, I mean, well, here's the other problem I have with today's NBA too. There was no defense. The final score was 128, 122. No overtime. No. And there was no, no overtime. Yeah. 
Giannis hit a three in the highlights. There was no one in the general vicinity of him. You can't tell me, like, that's good basketball. And I understand the players today, they're bigger, stronger, faster. They're better athletes. If they were playing one-on-one against some guy back in, like, the 70s or 80s, they would, they, they would destroy them. Yeah. But this brand of basketball is not better. Like, college is yeah. more entertaining I mean, because we, there's we, more defense. Teams like Virginia are playing defense. There's ball movement. They're listening to the coach. So there's, like, a system they're following. Well, now it's all this one-on-one hero ball crap. It's not. It's not enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I will say. I mean, we're gonna talk about that later with Giannis versus Harden, and uh, we'll definitely get into like the in, in, nitty gritty of the defense. But, but I totally, I totally agree. And it's like. It, it was actually funny because there's been a lot of players who just like aren't respected on defense, and then the ones that are, like like for instance, there was um the the Warriors versus the 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 T Wolves that happened recently, which is a crazy ending to a game um, with the foul. Oh, Durant the, pushed the, the guy out of the yeah. Yeah. Um, just off topic. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about, but essentially it was a tie game, 0.5 seconds left, inbound, T-Wolves are inbounding it, tried to do like an oop tip-in for for Cat, I believe it was, Yeah, Carlos and uh, Durant like pushed him, uh, or was there, was there a hold or a push? He pushed him out of bounds and he was jumping for the ball. Yeah, and it was like, and then they they're like foul, two shots, which eventually won the game for him. And then like Steph Curry was like walking off, and all the Warriors players were like dumbfounded by it. But it was a clear foul. Like, what are you guys talking about? Like these guys, they, they, like Steph was like, I'm about to walk off the court. It was like you guys have to have some some backbone, we some spine, about, man. Honestly, we talk about rivalries. The best rivalry in the NBA is the Warriors versus the refs. Yeah, they lead the NBA in technicals. It's ridiculous. Yeah, especially with Boogie on that team. But yeah, I will say. Uh, there, there's been a lot of, a lot, and even that game was like one, one twenty something to one twenty something. Well, everyone just pulling up. It'll be a fast break. They'll just pull up on the arc and launch up a three. Yeah, like, you can't because when, when players fast. players have been so good at shooting threes that uh, there's, I mean, like if you're if you're Steph Curry, why would you go for a layup when he's money yeah. from three and you can get an open shot versus just getting an easy two? Well, uh, no, everyone like Channing Fry. This is the one that stuck out to me because he was kind of like the first like tall guy to shoot threes and he's retired this is the next story i want to transition to he's retiring at the end of the year and he's like <laughs> he's a career he's never averaged more than 20 minutes of in, in his career and he's kind yeah. of like a punching bag uh in the nba for yeah. like jokes and stuff on twitter and he's never averaged i think he averaged like a career like seven or eight points a game yeah and he was like all these people were making fun of him and he's like hey i have a ton of money I'll be at the uh, um, Planet Fitness. If any of you clowns want to uh, play me one-on-one, I'll be there. So yeah. challenge accepted to all of you guys that were stars in high school, but then tore your ACL and won your intramural college. could have gone pro, though. You could have gone, gone pro. You won your injury. You won two intramural championships. <laughs> you think you could have taken them. Now you have your chance. You'll be at a Planet well, Speaking of players who would probably beat a fan in one-on-one or beat them up, Russell Westbrook... 2020 this week. Yes. That was really cool. It, uh, for those of you who don't know, Nipsey Hussle, rapper, really in, large influencer, uh, more so um, in the way he talked and in the African-American community more than his rap music. Um, he, his, he had one of his things was like the rolling 60s and Russell Westbrook put up 2020, which is for those of you doing the math back at home, 60. Um, but I will say like, just small note, but I think Russell Westbrook He's what I mean. Whether you hate him, you love him, or do you rank him top ten, or you think he's a trash, a stat patter? That was a special performance. Stat patter or not, it hasn't been done since Wilt Chamberlain, yeah. which is really saying something. And like the fact, I like too after the game, he was finally showing some emotion because you usually see him in these press conferences. He's like a robot. Like next question, I don't want to yeah. answer this tough guy thing. And to see that like emotion, uh, way he was like, "Oh, I did it for Nipsey or whatever." Yeah. That was really that was really cool uh, to see. Yeah, another cool. Cool stuff. We got uh, we got some. Oh, before that's before we go on to that, Greg Popovich. Oh, oh yeah, thing, sixty-three seconds. Sixty-three seconds speaking is speaking all it took for San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich to get kicked out of a game. All right, hot take here. Greg Popovich is kind of an a-hole. I like Greg. Like I like him. Fantastic coach. One of the he's like legendary coach. He's obviously had some really nice, cool moments. But like after the game in the presser, they were like he like came in. To um, the Nuggets coach was doing a presser, yeah. press interview, and he like walked in and like hugged him, and he was like, "What are you guys talking about?" And he was like, "Oh well, uh, some guy got you know kicked out, and 
some he was like there was a record set tonight he's like oh what was the record and he's like well yeah it kicks out in 63 seconds he's like oh well he must have hit someone uh the refs must have made like a bad call and like ah oh. and honestly like i understand and like whoever tweeted it was like oh haha greg popovich but it was like honestly looking at it it was kind of awkward and it was just kind of weird and i i don't know just the, some of the stuff where i mean i i get that he shouldn't have been ejected like that but I don't know. What I, I just, like about Greg Popovich is, is, and he, is old. he is, he is, he can be kind of like his persona is kind of like an a of an a hole, but like he doesn't care. He'll be like an a, he like does not care about anything uh, what anyone else thinks. He was the first person to start resting players like NBA. They'd be like a featured game on TNT or whatever, yeah. the game of the week, and he would be resting his stars. <coughs> NBA was yelling at him. He's like, I don't care. My team's more important than uh, like the whatever uh, whatever you yeah. guys are doing. So he's always been like in press conferences. He's always been like known to have these smart ass answers and be like kind of short yeah. with reporters. That's just that's just his brand. One last thing before we get to our next segment here. I want to hear your opinion really quick. Channing Frye, which we were talking about recently, they said, "What when you tell your kids uh, playing uh, that you got to play with LeBron, uh, what did you think about that? What, like, what's the thing you'll take away or remember? And he said his breath smelled. His breath? Honestly? He had smelly LeBron, breath. He drinks a lot of wine, which can kind of stale your breath. I don't know. May, that, 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 I just totally made that up. So it may <laughs> or may not be true. But honestly, that'd be kind of funny. If he was like, hey, kids, bronze breast smelled. I mean, I, everyone was making a huge deal about that. I just thought it was trying to make a funny joke. I think, I, does hot, this, this, you know what? Next episode, we're going to do some investigative reporting, and we're going to find out for our fans if LeBron James' breath actually smells or not. Yeah. Big J. I mean, I mean, I mean, think about it. J.R. Smith. It looks like it would smell. J.R. Smith threw the soup at that one guy and hit him in the, the coach, arm. Yeah. And if you think if the soup was so bad that it was worth throwing at a coach, well, maybe he just, that's what his breath stank from. Well, <laughs> JR had just gotten the soup, and he was mad at this coach because it was still hot. So I don't think he'd even tried it yet. So we don't know if said soup was bad. But maybe it was like chicken tortorella soup. Hmm. See, if it was French onion soup, I'd be like, okay, it's like it's easy. Bronze mm-hmm. breath smells. Chicken tortorella, I don't know. I kind of like he, that kind of soup. LeBron looks like a guy, though, whose breath smells on the court. Kind of does. He looks very sweaty. Phil like, Kessel you know, is another know. notorious one for having bad breath. I don't know if you ever saw that yeah, interview no, with Pierre Maguire. That. Like, how's your breath? Because he was like really tired. It was like long overtime game in the playoffs. It's like, oh man, it must really stink, eh? It smells like hot garbage. He's like, no, I meant like your conditioning. And he's like, oh, it's like kind of funny thing. <laughs> so, yikes. Well, moving on, we got our next segment of that's bullseye. It's been a while since it's that's been a bullseye. while. You know, the Bulls have been quietly being terrible. We wanted them to do something so stupid we could talk about it. Well, you know, they looked somewhat competent when we got that trade for uh, Otto Porter Jr. Yeah. and then Laurie proceeded to get fatigued and yeah. burn out. And the tanks came rolling in. And we got the Bradley alum, Walt Lemon Jr., yeah. made his NBA, uh, getting another shot in the NBA after averaging like 14 points a game in the G League. And he had a nice game. He hit the yeah. game-winning free throws the other night against the Wizards. But the reason he had to hit those game-winning free throws <laughs> is because of our segment fear. For that's Bull Jive. And it is because of Cristiano Felicio. The yeah. Bulls were up by two. It was in a timeout. He went back, to, uh, like, they get, they came out of the timeout, all the players are set. Felicia was like, wait, there's one more thing I need to, like, uh, I need uh, I need to guess, get my instructions from head coach Boylan. There's something I didn't understand. So he goes back to talk to Boylan. He's asking him a question. They inbound the ball, they, uh, the Wizards inbound the ball without him. Because the ref thinks, all, I don't know, what they thought all the guys were there, or they're like, hey, he's taking too long. They even the ball, it's inbounded. Felicio realizes this, comes sprinting down the court. His man gets the ball, he collides with them, and it turns into a foul, and the Wizards were able to tie the game. So This is typical Look it up on Twitter. basketball. It was very, it was very, it was just, it was hard to watch. Stacey King was like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, in his typical yeah. Stacey King voice. Ah. Uh, Moving on, I got two soccer scores for you. Not that you care, but you might. Liverpool beat Tottenham two one in a ninety minute own goal. It was it was it was there were two own goals, uh, or one in each of the games I'm going to talk about. So Liverpool beat Tottenham two one. Man, you beat Wolves one two. And honestly, it kind of looked like the players involved. They just kind of like it was like if you had a like a CPU. On, on your plan or like mm-hmm. your player on like a 2k or fifa and like the controller turns off and they just stand there and like fall over because literally the the one against liverpool 
the Tottenham player, it just it, it just hits him on the leg and just goes in, and the goalie was like, what's going on? And the player next to the ball, they just all just kind of watched it. And the one for Man U, it goes off a guy's thigh, and everyone's just scrambling for it, but no one actually touched the ball. Uh, but yeah, Liverpool beat Tottenham 2-1 to stay ahead of Man City in the standings, and... Uh, or man, yeah, and then Manchester United lost to Wolves 1-2. Wolves, hot take, pound for pound. With the money they have and the resources available, fourth best team in the Premier League. Book it. Moving on to another great league that has just kicked off. Thankfully, we could talk about some MLB. For this podcast uh, outline, I had MLB and then it quotes, uh, or in parentheses, optional, because, you know, there might or may or may not have been stuff to talk about. Now we're going to give you your weekly dose of MLB, starting starting with week one, in which we got some teams that are not great and some teams that are great right now. One one team that's not great right now, Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Joined with the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros, which are the top what potentially the top four teams in the MLB. Very slow starts. Well, to be fair to the Cubs and the Yankees, they were playing the uh, juggernauts known as the Texas Rangers and Baltimore Orioles to start. Hey, the Baltimore seasons. Orioles are so, tough, man. You know, I mean, you gotta give them a little bit of a pass there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Red Sox is a surprising one. One in five start. They got yeah. pulverized by the Athletics. Yeah. The Cubs, I mean, this looks like exactly where they left off last year, where the bullpen's no, not good and there hasn't op- been a lot of opposite. offense. It was the absolute opposite. Last, I mean, last year, we last year this bullpen, we talked about the Cubs, uh, t- Cubs podcast, which will be out for shortly. Uh, the last, the last year, I mean. We had in the last four games we scored three runs, and we were still in contention for all of those games. Like the bull, starting pitching and bullpen was lights out, and we scored one run against the Rockies, and it went to the fourteenth inning or thirteenth inning. Like the bullpen, like the pitching was fantastic. We could we couldn't get a bat on the ball. But now, I mean, we lost a game where we had ten. The Cubs had four yesterday. They had four day before that, and the bullpen absolutely imploded it had no there was no resemblance that they knew what was going on it was it was absolutely atrocious um as to the yankees i will say they got a lot of injuries so that's kind of tough for the yankees i believe tula whiskey got hurt yeah yeah and then they're uh, half of their the, half of their starters are the yankees i am not concerned about yeah the Cubs i'm not concerned about yet either i but think i think for the cubs one thing that's really hard um is that Usually, like, it, say if the Cubs' bullpen was really good for two months, and then it had a span of, like, whatever game, six, seven, eight, nine, where they, like, totally wet the bed, I'd be like, all right, we've seen that they're good for the past two months. It happens. It's fine. We'll get back on par. Mm-hmm. But just because there's nothing to compare it to, it's like, oh, no, the world is ending. Um, but I, I don't think the Cubs need to necessarily bust out the money for Craig Kimball or anything like that, anything drastic. Uh but yeah, the Red Sox and the Astros too. Those two teams. I'm not worried about honestly. And everything in opening opening yeah. the week. If this was the middle of August, yeah. no one would care. Be like, like you know, oh, what? It's happens. But because it's the opening week and everyone's it's all magnified. excited, it's so magnified. Yeah. Exactly. But the teams that are playing well, Phillies are off to a red hot start. Yes. Bryce Harper is playing fantastic. We talk about um they just had their their revenge tour or whatever you'll call it. Um he did against the Nationals. Return to D.C. Which, it was kind of weird because he had like that. It was on Twitter or Instagram where he's like, you know, like, love the Nationals fans. Like, it's been Yeah, thank real. you guys. Yeah, and then he like, he, he absolutely pimp slaps a home run, does a bat flip, kind of showboating a little bit. Well, here's like the, it started with uh, round one because it was Scherzer was on the mound. Yeah. He struck out his first at bat. Catered, the fans were going they, crazy. They were happy about Before that Before the game, they had a video tribute, and it was so hostile because it was like a playoff-like atmosphere. He stayed in the dugout. Like, he didn't even come up because usually players really? don't see the yeah, tribute. And then, like, he was in the dugout, bottom of the dugout, not even looking at it. First at bat, they're booing him. They're booing him throughout. Then he came back, RBI double, which kind of yeah. broke the game open. It was a really clutch knock. And by the eighth inning, where it was like kind of basically over at that point, it was mostly Philly fans, and he gave them a show. Like you said, he yeah. slapped the one. Bat flip Bat had like flip. eight rotations on it yeah. when it went up there. It was the, a the, really the, the form on that one was really it was good. nice. You know, if you look into the MLB uh, the, the rule book, the pitcher's allowed to hit Bryce Harper with this car with that kind of bat flip. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
Well, back in the day, that next pitch would be buried in his back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course oh, he yeah. Was like, it was, and that's, that was kind of where I, I kind of liked that because he did that. And, like, even, like, last year, year before, people would be like, oh, my goodness, he's disrespecting the game. Bat flips are fine. Yeah, do whatever you want to do. I'm all for. And, but and then I think pitchers, if they get a big strikeout, they do some good. They can get hype for because I know yeah, I some. some they, there'll, there'll be a lot of eyeing down if someone. What's did that. wrong with people showing emotion? That's why Tiger yeah. Woods was so popular in golf. Yeah, because he had some flair and showed some emotion. Same thing with baseball. Speaking of showing emotion or lack of which, Christian Yelich and the Brewers. Uh, they're playing well. They're playing really well right now. Early right. Uh, early MVP. Yeah, Yelich, book it now. He's going to be MVP. He had, like, what, four straight homers, something like that? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're playing well. I mean, as to be expected. Well, they, they, they did play the Cardinals right off the bat. So Cardinals a good matchup. team. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a tough matchup. But um, I think they've just kind of they, – they have returned to form of what they were at last year. Uh, Dodgers are pretty good. There you go. Yeah. Moving good on. Yeah. Sponsored by the man who's just on this podcast, Ted Wick, heating and cooling. Who's hot and who's not? Mitch, I'll let you start with your hot. Uh, yes, my hot is a UNC basketball fan's ass. And I know what you're saying. Wow, Mitch, you're <laughs> subjecting women like that. No, 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 that's not what I meant at all. But it was a very interesting story. Uh, in 1982, back when Michael Jordan was on the... Uh, North Carolina Tar Heels with a very good team. They won the national championship. Uh, they had they had some Paul Famers on that one. James Worthy was on it. Uh, uh, Perkins was on it. Well, they, uh, Perkins was on a uh, uh, Sam Scoop, Perkins. The Scoop B he was on, and Reg yeah, podcast. Scoop B and Reg podcast, and he had this to say. Very interesting story. He said. Well, there's one thing I can't say, but the safest thing I can say is that I was in New Orleans one time, and we had just won the championship in college. And the first thing I'm seeing, like, I come out of the hotel, and I guess this woman found out that we won the championship. And it's safe to uh, see she just wanted me to sign her ass. And believe it or not, there was already signatures on her ass. So my teammate, Jimmy Black, had signed it because I know what his signature looks like. James Worthy had signed it because I guess uh, I was probably late trying to meet them and go to French Quarter, and she had three other signatures already. So her ass wasn't all that fat, <laughs> but it was flat. So actually, it was easy to sign. Well, so there you go. A very interesting story coming from March Madness, and it really is March Michael Madness. Jordan's- Ah, there's a couple on there. Probably, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me. If yeah, she did. I like how he's like, very I recognized his uh, his signature. It's like, hmm, are you signing merchandise over there? That's illegal. <laughs> Find the players. Oh wait, they don't have what any money to begin with. What type of loser hangs out and has people sign that? I, I mean. I'm sorry. If that's I, a gold digging whore right there. See, hot I, take. <laughs> I don't think that's a very hot take, bitch. <laughs> but if I if I wanted to get a signature, so I like sign like a something cool, sign something you can sell. Like you probably sell that. Your ass? Yes, that is called prostitution. It is illegal. Oh my word! But you can sell it. <laughs> <laughs> we are moving on. Uh, so apparently, the Throw best stuff around. It's gonna be all this banging and stuff. The mic's gonna pick up. Let's keep it professional here. <laughs> I'm gonna we're just trying to, to keep talk. It professional. Yeah, we're trying to talk about par- prostitution here, Marco. Oh Let's my keep it classy. Lord. Mom and Dad, I'm sorry <laughs> that you have to listen to this. Uh, I don't condone Mitch's behavior. What I was saying was apparently I didn't condone her oh behavior either. Lord. I was just oh telling the story. I can't stop well, talking about, about this North Carolina woman. fans' ass. <laughs> apparently, do we have to make this explicit now? Probably, we probably do. <laughs> apparently. Steph Curry, the greatest shooter in the NBA. Did not have had UNC sign his ass. <laughs> All right, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Apparently, <laughs> when he's been playing basketball for various years of his life and has become probably the greatest shooter in NBA history, he was just he was just kind of looking at this weird orange circle and saying, eh, the, that's probably the rim, and was just chucking him up. Because if he had a... And, he, he's, and it was a big deal because his three-point shooting percentage was sub-37%. Which is pretty dang good. But for him, he's like, uh-oh, can't have that happen. And so he got, finally, he got contacts. For the first time in his career. He's never had, never played with, like, the sports guys, never had contacts. He was just shooting and being the best shooter in the NBA with blurry vision. And was just yakking up the ball. And now he's like, oh, I can actually see the rim now. That'll help. (laughs) The guy that asked him to, because when this story came out, some reporter asked him, he's like, hey, can you tell us more about your eye disease? 
This eye disease. Like, eye disease, dude. It's just blurry vision. Like that was just kind of funny. <laughs> like the reporter was God. like, "Come on, man." Yeah, but that was that. I just thought that was. I mean, that'd be like if Aaron Rodgers, like this year, was like, "Oh, I finally got contacts." Like you've been playing with blurry vision this whole time, dude. Are you kidding me right now? So yeah, pray for the NBA. And this is my. See, you know, I used to think that the um, the the Clippers were gonna win the NBA championship, but now I think I'm finally sold on the Warriors. If you ask yes. me, now this is the final see, straw. Yeah, because they the haven't edge. been that great, but this will put them over the edge of being finally <laughs> being a contending team. All right, my not is Stephen A. Smith, and he's had he's had a rough year overall. He's had a lot many miscues Slip on the ups. air. Yeah, where he was talking about the Chargers game, where he was mentioning the key players that he was looking forward to watch, like Hunter Hill or Hunter Henry, and he wasn't even playing in the game. Yeah. Was it wasn't the first time he'd done that this year. He's had many times. Then he had a condor fly into his office. I think it was a they, turkey vulture. I heard it was a condor. Maybe it was a turkey. It was a big bird of prey. We have conflicting reports. That the flew door into his office. <laughs> he wasn't in the office at the time, but, you know, that's always interesting. And they had to have people come extract the condor from his window. They or turkey out all the gla- Or turkey vulture. <laughs> And last night, his tethered was the first to emerge. I don't know, all of you who have seen us, the cultural phenomenon that is scaring the crap out of everyone across America. Yep. But, yes, Stephen A. Smith's tethered was the first to appear as he had a doppelganger (laughs) run on the court at the Bucks game. We were talking about this earlier, NBA rivalries. Uh... Middleton for the Bucks threw a ball at a 76ers player. A yep. little scrum broke out, and a man that looked just like Stephen A. Smith came to break up the fight. It was, and act- it was very the, the resemblance was, was uncanny. It was actually really funny because I saw a Twitter video where it was like, "Why is Stephen A. Smith on the court?" And I honestly, like first saw, seeing it, I was like, "Why did Stephen A. Smith run on the court?" Like <laughs> I, I actually, because they weren't like, "Oh, it's a joke or a sarcasm, or whatever." I was like, "They Stephen A. Smith ran on the court. What's going on?" But yes, uh, might not. Is uh, it's a it's a really not hot, and I say really not hot. His name is Chris Davis for the A's. Or quit a plastic gun banging. We gotta keep things classy. Oh, that's my bad. That's my bad. For the (laughs) Orioles, gonna pick up these things. For the Orioles. For the Orioles. Chris Davis, in his last 547 plate appearances, he has 79 hits. Not great. 12 doubles. Also not great. 16 homers. Probably should be better. 40 runs, 50 RBIs, and 203 strikeouts. He's slashing 161, 241, and 248. Now, that is all terrible. When you really compare it to an also not great hitter in Zach Granke, it gets even worse. Because Zach Granke, in comparative to their last 547 plate appearances, Zach Granke, more hits, more doubles, he has less home runs, 8-16. to 16. But he's a pitcher. He's a pitcher. He's got 40 more runs, which is kind of, that's just, that's just so odd. I don't even know what to say to that. And he has 100 less strikeouts. Four more runs, isn't it? Four more? 40. Oh. To 44. He still has more runs. 40. 40 more runs. Oh, well. That's still bad. ridiculous. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. And just to go back to Chris Davis, and now he is 0-32 in his last uh, 32 plate appearances. I believe he has 16 Ks. This man has been horrendous. They, they honestly, they even the batting average, one point one sixty one batting average. Chris Davis to two twenty two for Zach Granke, which good to Zach Granke because that's actually not that bad for a pitcher. For a pitcher, not awful. Yeah, but no. just oh my word, Chris Davis. You see, that's where for if I'm the Cubs and I'm looking at my players and I'm like, oh, we're struggling. It could be worse. At least they're not. He Chris has not Davis. had a hit. Since last <coughs> September, that's atrocious. Last September was the last time he got a hit, I mean, and it like, was a. It's been a while. Yeah, like John Lester has more RBIs and hits than Chris Davis this year. That's that is you can't have that. May, old Mitch here is going to give all of you an economics lesson. Chris Davis is the perfect example of sunk cost. Sunk cost. They gave him this huge contract after he had one year because of uh, PEDs, but we're not going <coughs> to get into that. We all know it was PEDs because he came out of nowhere. Orioles gave him a big contract to get him to re-sign because he was going to leave. 
And now look at them. This is sunk cost at its finest. Yeah. I know nothing about macroeconomics. Or microeconomics. But I do re- yes, or micro for that matter. <laughs> but I do remember sunk cost. And if you need to remember something for a test, sunk cost, thank Chris Davis. This is what sunk cost looks like. Yep. All the money being wasted for a 161 batting average. It's a struggle. Moving on, we got our hot takes. First off, right off the bat, we haven't talked about it much. You guys think, what's going on? This is March. Well, it's not March anymore, but March Madness is still going on. And uh, final four matchup, Virginia versus Auburn, Michigan State versus, for those of you betting on Texas Tech, got a lot of money because they're in the final four. Same with Auburn, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, honestly, this 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 uh, final four, and I know people say, I hate Duke, but it's a shame that they're not in this final four. Not for me, it isn't. Because yeah. I pick Michigan State to upset them. If Michigan State wins one more game, I will win my bracket pool. But I actually do agree with you. Yeah. Zion in that Duke brand would be huge for ratings in the Final Four. Yeah. And he was just a fun player to watch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Duke player. I mean, if you really think about it, Duke player. Or, why am I saying this? Zion Williamson is probably the first phenomenal Duke player that hasn't been like unanimously hated by everyone. No, he's a likable guy. Yeah, like you, everyone was like, "Oh, like this guy," and he was like so good. It was just such a joy. It, like it was honestly just fun to watch him. Even like non-basketball fans, like we know some that like have been watching a lot of March Madness, <coughs> Rob, uh, and just saying like, "Man, this guy, he's like a freaking nature. It's awesome to watch him." Um, but honestly, if like Duke had played Michigan State in a final. People would have got their money's worth. Well, I mean, that game was incredible, too. But I think all of the Duke games are pretty good. But Duke was really exposed because you saw, without Zion, how bad this team is. And I'm going to... R.J. Barrett, I do not think is a number two overall pick. I don't yeah. think... He, he's the most over overrated player I have seen in this draft. He couldn't carry that. When Zion was gone, he couldn't carry him. Yep. They have stretches where him and Cam Reddish can't shoot. So very... Like, this team did not have much depth at all. Yeah. Like, what you noticed throughout the year, when they lost to UNC twice. I mean... So that's why I had uh, Michigan State beating them. I think Michigan State's the best team in this tournament. Yeah. Um, Cassius Winston has been playing out of his mind, and he killed the Braves when we played him. Number five... Yeah. A short little point guard, but he can shoot. He attacks the basket. He distributes well. They have this white guy, McQuaid, who's a really nice shooter on the outside. Um, overall, well-rounded team, well-coached team by Tom Izzo. And Tom Izzo really needs this one because he only has the one uh, NCAA championship. And that yeah. was the year was Cincinnati was the best team in the country by far by Kenya Martin. Uh because I was lost for the season in the um, conference uh, championship, so there's kind of an asterisk next to that one. Yeah. So Tom Izzo would be really nice to see. Um, like you but said, it, with it, Auburn. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say uh, just two things. First of all, and this uh, I saw this brought up on Twitter, and I was like, I don't know if I buy this one. And a lot of people were not happy, but like people were like, what has Coach K done for us recently? You know, like he, obviously one of the, he's a fantastic coach, but like the fact that he had like. And R.J. Barrett, look, R.J. Barrett may be overhyped. Um, good player. They had a lot of good players on this team. Individual talent. Like, dude, you had Zion Williamson, and you couldn't figure it out. And especially because they could, they very much could have lost to Virginia Tech and UCF. And if that had happened, it'd be like... If a team could make a layup, yeah, they would have lost. Yeah, it'd be players. like, you can't put it together to, like, like you should have, like, blown out these teams. Uh so just Coach K, he, he, he's, he's, he's coaching work. I think I'm okay. I'm not gonna blame Shashevsky on that because you got to remember he's working with these guys for one year. That is like true. it takes you half the year to, for everyone to get on the same page offensively and defensively. If you look at the four teams that are in the Final Four right now, oh, all of them are seniors. Yeah, they got experience. Experience wins these champion like these March Madness tournaments. You can't just have like they like Kentucky. <laughs> They're one and done all the time. But what's Calipari done for us recently? Like, since yeah. Anthony Davis, who was the yeah, best player in the country, contract. like, yeah, he hasn't been, well, he did. And he has, they're both excellent coaches, and they, you can't, they both recruit really well, and they've yeah. had to adjust to this thing, but that's, like, that, you one, need seniors to win. One thing I will say about this Final Four, um, it's not, it's not very sexy. It's not. Because March Madness, when you really look at it, it's very weird, because you always want, like, people generally want upsets. You want to root for this small team, mm. like Bradley versus Michigan State. Majority of people are like, hey, this Bradley team's like, they're giving it to them. Like, I'll root for them. But then it gets down to, like, you want parity, too. So you want, when it comes down to, like, the Elite Eight, Final Four, you want the best teams because you want the best matchups. Where there's no, there's no really underdog, like, like Loyola, where it was, like, really yeah, cool. Yeah, there's no Cinderella had, team. Yeah, there's no Cinderella team. And, I mean, Auburn, Texas Tech, even Virginia, like, 
they're kind of mid-tier kind. It was kind of an upset that they got here, but it's also not well, that Well, Virginia was a one seed, so well, that's oh, not I, really I, I, surprising. I was, I was saying Auburn and Texas Tech. Auburn, I will say, that they're the hottest team in the country. Yeah. Because they lost one of their best players in the Elite Eight, and yeah. they still bounced back. Because the, they beat the UNC, I thought, was they, they were my pick to win the championship oh, yeah. this year. I'm that there. was a very good team that they beat. Um, they beat a very good LSU team. Or, no, one not LSU. Um, who'd they beat? They've... But as far as like um, they're, they're, they've been the they've been one of the hottest year, teams yeah. in the yeah, tournament. Yeah. I will agree I'll with pull that. Up the, but Texas uh, or excuse me, Virginia defensively, that's how they win games. Yeah, you, they cannot fall behind big. So I don't think they're gonna uh, end up winning this whole thing. But um, but like a Michigan State versus Auburn, I don't know, or like a Texas Tech versus Virginia. Here's it's Auburn's just the road. final the final matchup is probably not gonna be like a very. Interesting well, this, with yeah, lines. here's why uh, March this is the other reason March is so great. Because Auburn was a free throw miss away from not even making it at all. Or a buzzer beater away against New Mexico State in the first yeah. game. Because the guy missed a free throw, they got the rebound, and then yeah. like they missed a buzzer beater chance. But then they beat Kansas, who's traditionally uh, very good, knocked off North Carolina, and then they beat Kentucky. So like they, they've so beaten some, some very good wins here. Um Texas Tech beat Gonzaga. This is intri- I think it'll be an interesting Final Four. You're going to see two good games here. So it's not the sexiest matchups, but I do think you're going to get a very entertaining um, Final Four. Virginia one's going to be a low-scoring game, though. Yeah, they have it. Also, uh, breaking news, Cowboys and Demarcus Lawrence agreed a five-year, $105 million deal with $65 million guaranteed. Good for him. I he like, got paid. Yeah. He, He's a good that player. was the guy they needed to sign. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we got some NBA. Um, we already kind of hit... Um, this a little bit, but we're just going to kind of give us a, a little rundown as the playoffs are very close to beginning, I believe, by the next podcast. The playoffs will have started. Mm-hmm. Um, East and West. We got East is very clear-cut. Bucks, Raptors, 76ers, Celtics. Mitch and I both kind of agreed. Contenders. Yeah. Where you rank, whether you rank them 1-4, to 2-1, th- one I, I think I think I think the, the Bucks and 76ers are kind of the clear. I mean, they're all like as far as going to the conference championship. I would say they're all contenders, but the Bucks to me, they feel like the new Raptors, or they try yeah. way too hard in the regular season. Yes. I, mean, I don't think they're gonna win. Yeah. I don't think they're like they, they don't have enough perimeter shooting. And Giannis yeah. has never been outside of the first round of the playoffs. That's gonna change this year, but I still don't think he's gonna get him deep because yeah. like we were talking about with March Madness, experience does matter. Yeah, um, so the 76ers could be interesting. The Celtics just feel kind of off this year. If I had to bet on a team, though, the Celtics are the team I'm betting on. Well, because their guys that. have been there. They got the best they coach. They got close to beating LeBron last year. They got Kyrie, who's very good. When they're on all cylinders, I think they're just kind of like trying to figure things out. But the Egos will go out the window once they get to the postseason. Because yes. it's like, you got to win or go home, all right? Now, this stats bullshit, like... They're, they're going to start playing. Yeah. I think they'll get it together. That's yeah. my, That's who I have coming out of there. I, I can see them in the 76ers. Um, Pacers, Pistons, Nets, Magics. Who cares? They're going to lose all four of that's their... That's too bad. The Pacers yeah. with Oladipo would have been so interesting yeah. this year. That was a team I was very high on. That's too bad I will, to I will say I, I, I will watch the Nets. D'Angelo Russell, he's just fun he's to watch. Whether, yeah. whether they win or not, like, they, they're a fun team to watch. Moving on to the West... Wake me up when the Warriors win the championship. Yeah, but totally agree. The Warriors and the Rockets, we've, we we kind of had our stu- our two contenders. Um, X factor there. It's Warriors, Rockets, and then no one else is going to come close. Like yes. the Nuggets, they're not. They don't stand a chance. I will say I'm the, nug- the, the Nuggets, Nuggets are. They are exciting team. They're they are so young. They're too young to make a run. They it's kind of, you kind of saw this like when when they played the Warriors. Like I believe they beat the Warriors early on. It was kind of like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And the Warriors are like, all right, we lost a game. Like we can move on. Whereas then recently they lost to the Warriors um, by like fifteen or so. The only other team in there that would have been interesting, and they really blew a good opportunity, like talent wise, was the Thunder. Because yeah. talent wise, I'm like, okay, this could be an interesting team. And they completely imploded in yeah, the, the regular season. Where now they have a good chance of getting swept out of the first round. The, yeah, the, they're, they're, if they play the Warriors, they will get playing swept. the Warriors or the. I think if they can beat the Nuggets, that'll be a good test for them. Maybe build momentum. But I totally agree. It's it's the Warriors and Rockets, and I mean just the fact that. Or, yeah, know, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say the Rockets are the only team that can beat them, the Warriors, and that's all gonna come down to how well Paul George plays. Because Harden's not gonna be able to. Chris Paul? Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul George plays. Well, yes, Paul George is very important, too. But yeah. Chris Paul, excuse <laughs> me. That's going to come down to how well he plays. Because you saw they could have won that series last year until he got injured. Yeah. So if they get Paul George playing at a high level uh, with Harden, um, who's obviously going to give you your 30 at night. That's almost a given. I think that's the only other team that will be 
yeah. competitive with them. Uh, but the, I was going to say, even the fact that we're kind of having this conversation where it's just like, I mean, the NBA should be such an exciting league. And it is exciting. Like they'll, they'll, We'll watch the playoffs and storylines, but like, it's just the Warriors, they're going to win it. Well, yeah, and I bash on it. Like I was talking about earlier, but they have had the highest ratings they've had yeah. in years. So, I mean, they're doing something right. Exactly. And then uh, kind of the next big thing is the MVP. I think we both had Giannis. I think it should be Giannis. It's going to be It's going to be hard. I mean, you, we want, know you want the 60-point games. You they know. fall in love with stats like Westbrook's cute triple-double thing. And yeah. He's had all these 50-point games. It hasn't been done. So Harden will win the MVP. Yeah, but I think when it comes, especially with, like, you take Giannis off that team, and, like, they're not True. good. But, the, and he just kind of adds that. Um, next one, uh, we're going to move on. Oh, I will say, we, we got the AF, AF on here. Um, I was just going to say, you, you kind of brought up the point. I don't, I believe, and I was right, if you read the Scout article, which you probably joke. He was right. Joke, he was right. I, I, I did say that the AF, based on, like, ratings, TV, it's, gonna, it's not going to blast. I mean, people don't care about it. Uh, the quality of play. I will say, I mean, the Broncos picked up the cornerback who led the AF in interceptions. And I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe he'll be good. Like, who knows? Um, but I will say, and if you're the NFL, though, I, I don't I don't blame them for being like, no, like, we're not going to let our players go both way, go half NFL, half AF, or whatever, kind of split time. We can coach our own players. We'll make them good enough by ourselves. Like, we, we got it. Like, we, you, we don't need anyone else to do it. I do agree with you. They did miss an opportunity to have spring football, though. And I think the XFL, they can kind of figure it out. Who knows? Maybe if they do something, some it, things yeah. differently, they'll uh, they'll be able to have spring. Football. I don't see the XFL. I don't know. Yeah, we've seen that. It's once. just it's just hard with spring football, just because it's just like a fake a rip of the real thing. It feels like a lot of the times, and then people can't get into it. Yeah. But moving on, best for last, we got some soccer stuff, but it's not all about soccer because I don't think that you guys care about the latest Juventus versus Cal Cali Cali game. Because uh, you don't even know who they are. Honestly, I don't even know who they are. Juventus, I know who they are. Oh, yeah, we all know Juventus. Ronaldo plays Ronaldo. there. But that's the only reason I know who they yeah, are. Exactly. <laughs> we'll move it. So they, they played recently. League game. Juventus won 2 nothing. No shocker. But the FIFA and UEFA have had big talks recently because it happens a lot in Italy. It's happened in some international games where the racial abuse towards players is absolutely horrendous, and they're getting to the point where they're saying, hey, ref, like, if this is getting really bad and what they're saying is terrible, they're not stopping, um, you can just call the game or just suspend the game. Be like, hey, we're not going to play because, and that's the one thing, if you, that's the one punishment you can do for those p- people because you're not, you're not going to be able to be like, oh, we'll find the individuals or, like, find them because teams have been fined. Um, but I mean, finding a team 50k when they have so much money, it doesn't make an impact. That's like, oh, we're gonna find the Packers for their bad fans, 20k. Like, it's not gonna make a dent. But if they stop the game, they're not getting the the individual fans aren't getting their money's worth, and that's what really happens. So there's always been this talk, and what happened most recently is Moise Kian. I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. He is a 19 year old who we're older than, which kind of sucks for us, but we're older than this guy. And what basically what happened, 19-year-old black kid, uh, he's Italian, scores. So he's, he, he's getting all these chants all the time because he was, for the majority of the game, he's the only black dude on the pitch. Uh, and they're chanting at him, they're saying stuff at him, they're you know, making monkey noises, stuff like that. And it's been addressed by a lot of players. And he scores towards the end of the game. And it's in this, the, the team. It wasn't his own fans. It's the opposing team. And, they're, they're, and he scores on their goal, on their side, where all the diehards are, who are the same people who have been shouting at him. And he goes up and literally just stands in front of him, no expression, just kind of puts his arms out, uh, kind of like in a shrugging, I don't know, kind of motion, um, and just looks at him. And then you could see, like, they didn't show the fans, but you could see, like, bottles and, like, cups and, like, trash being thrown at him. And it was very interesting to see the rift in this team and kind of where some of the players lie. Because Leonardo Bonucci, who is a known, just for lack of a better term, prick on this team, he was quoted saying, there were racist jeers after the goal. Blaise Matuidi, uh, who is a Juventus player, he's also African American, or he's just black, he's Italian, uh, or French. Blaise heard it and I was angry. I think the blame is 50-50, because Moaz shouldn't have celebrated like that, and the curva, which is the, the, the name of the fan section, should not have reacted that way. For him to say that... The blame is 
is absolutely absurd. And honestly, if you look at, and then later he, he put on an Insta story, Insta story because uh, the big thing is hashtag say no to racism. He's like, oh, I'm always against racism. Racism is bad. Like, thanks. A little late to the party, buddy. Because to, just to say the fact, and he didn't, he didn't provoke them. Like, he actually did the opposite of provoking him. He stood in front of them and he celebrated, but he was saying like, oh, he should have celebrated with his, with, his, with his team and everything. If I'm that kid, and people are just constantly bombarding me with racist chants, jeers, whatever, and I score against them, you better know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them know that I scored. And he didn't do it. He was not disrespectful. He just stood there. He just stood there and looked at him. And I think, like, I understand, like, a little bit where he's like, oh, like, you shouldn't have, quote, unquote, provoked them. But look, man, this is such a big problem that the, the fans, like, they shouldn't be saying this stuff in the first place, obviously. And... Ref didn't want to. He didn't want to suspend the game. But if he goes up and he does that, like you gotta back your player. He's been getting abused the whole game. Like there has to be some sort of the team camaraderie there, where if someone, even if one guy is getting trashed by the fans just for whatever reason, and he does something good, you gotta hoist him up and say, "Hey, let's go, man!" Like f these fans. Like we're we're beating them, whatever. And it was it was really disappointing because the coach had similar quotes. And one thing that pisses me off the most, and we saw this, it wasn't racial, but Jordan Pickford, England's goal. And if you guys paid attention to the World Cup, England got to the semifinals, and it was very close games. They won on a penalty shootout where their keeper, Jordan Pickford, had these great saves. And England fans, who were just chanting his name and praising him like a king months ago, now, now, because they're, what, Liverpool fans or Man City fans or Chelsea fans, they're just totally crapping on him for whatever he's doing in the Premier League. And the same thing goes for this kid. He's Italian, and he's good. And he's probably going to score goals for the na Italian national team in big tournaments. And these same fans who are making monkey noises at him are going to be cheering his name on like he just saved their mom or something like that. It, honestly, the whole situation is extremely disappointing to see, especially as a soccer fan, when I'm seeing this stuff. And I want, you know, equality, say, say no to racism, whatever. But... Yeah, it was just a tough situation, and hopefully they'll be doing something to address it in the future. I had rest my case. That whole situation reminds me a lot of, like, I don't know, back in the day, Christian Leitner with Duke, he was the best college player yes. in the country. And there was a rumor going around that he was gay for one of his teammates. So when they were playing Shaquille O'Neal at LSU during the game, all the LSU fans started, like, chanting, like, you're a faggot or whatever, like, faggot, faggot. Yeah. So, but, like, unlike what this guy did, Christian Leitner went up, like, in the middle of the court because he was having a great game like he always was because he was the best player in the country. And he was sort of, like, waving his arms, like, yeah, bring it on. I can't hear you guys. Yeah. Or he was provoking over him, and Coach K called him over, and he's like, do you want us to get out of here alive? Like, knock it off. Yeah. But where this guy was the complete opposite. Yeah. This thing's going on. He didn't provoke him or do any of this. So I could see if he was doing, like, but Christian Leighton yeah. did, it like his teammates are like, all right, dude, knock it off. But like, he, yeah. he wasn't. It was and like because like, I think the biggest thing was is he literally stood there not doing anything, and just the fact that he was black just pissed off these fans. Right. And that's the only thing. The only the only thing really provoking these fans was the dude's skin color. Because he's playing for his team, he's playing hard, scores a goal, doesn't do it like a disrespectful celebration, and that was it. So that yeah, serves these fans right to get you know celebrate on whatever. But we end our podcast on that note, unfortunately. But thanks for tuning in. We'll have the Cubs, uh, Cubs ep episode out shortly. Um, Did you say Colgate rented out their band in March Madness? Colgate? Yeah, they were playing Tennessee. Yeah. They didn't have like enough people for their band, so they rented out Ohio State's marching band to play for them in the student section. They I gave them Colgate that. gear. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> Colgate students were pissed. Damn. Well, poor Colgate. I guess that's to end on a weird note. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It is a weird note. <laughs> it's like, like well, it was either was racism like, or Colgate renting out their band. Sports is outrage. Yeah, sports <laughs> sports are weird, man. But that's why we love it. Thanks for tuning in to Dormer Dispute Podcast. Uh, I'll get back to you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.